0: 7 run. Now before we begin in just a moment with a word of prayer, I want to call your attention to a couple of things. The first is that on April 1st, we are going to be doing a Maundy Thursday service at 6 p.m. I believe that really for us to experience the joy of the resurrection, we need to sit for a bit in the dark with the pain of the cross and the experience of Jesus. And so on that night, uh, we're going to take the Lord's Supper virtually you gather some elements at your home and be ready with us and and we are going to prepare our hearts to to sit with what jesus went through for love and then on easter morning secondly we are beginning a new page in the the, the restart of the church of seven run and for the first time in over a year we will be having three services on a sunday morning 9:30. 11 and twelve thirty. Now we need your help in going to sevenruncom slash Easter and for you to register at which of those services that you would like to, to attend. We, we want to be joyfully together and COVID safe and on that note I, I do want to say that in this last year I have pushed obviously no one to attend but it is time for a turning to begin. As the the inoculations and the vaccinations are are rolling out, I encourage you to get yours as it's available. And unless you have a compromised immune system, um, if you are going out to eat, if you are getting out in the world, then I believe it's time to heed the call of scripture, to gather yourselves together. There is something about together that cannot be um, experienced apart. We have to break some, some habits of apart and, and move towards um, this Sunday gathering in which we inspire one another, encourage one another, see one another, and eventually even get to hug and shake hands. We're not there yet, but we will be. And after Easter, we will be celebrating every Sunday morning with a 9.30 and 11 o'clock service as we turn the page and we seek what God has for us next beyond covid so i'm challenging you to be a part and be all in on what god is about to do today i'm going to be talking about the insanity of the cross and i want you to pay attention to the parentheses uh, of the title because in that is everything so join me in a word of prayer and then join me if you will by bringing an open and expected heart to hear the word of god ask god to speak to you and i guarantee you he will every single time let's pray father i ask that you would speak to each of us and father that you would help us to find in a new way the joy of your endless grace And help each one of us to to understand the meaning of the cross for us and to do the hard work of unpacking and actually living every single day what it means to carry the cross of Christ. Father, lead us out of the insanity of the world into the sanity of the cross. Amen. So I want to share with you a couple of big picture things that aren't going to make sense for a little bit. But, you know, think about them. And the second time you hear them, they have a better chance of making sense, perhaps. And the first. And the first thing I want to share with you this morning is that we decide who's crazy by who we follow. And the second is that the cross is the only path on earth leading to the sanity of God. You know, the crucifixion and claimed resurrection from the dead of Jesus Christ is the most profound fork in the road in all of human history. It's an event that cannot be reconciled with natural human reason. In the natural world, nobody comes back to life after they're truly dead. These things are different. One is not like the other. Now, the record of this event, we call the resurrection, um, you know, that was that was dependent upon the cross the record of this event is found in a book we call the Bible and the Bible itself cannot be reconciled to human reason without faith the Bible claims that Jesus was the most unique human being ever born on earth the Bible claims that Jesus had uh, an earthly mother and a divine father and therefore Jesus called himself both son of man and son of god this has not happened in all of the rest of human history in all of the other religions of the world there is nothing like this story that leads to a cross the reality was that this cross event is a fork in the road that that divides everything the bible Claims that Jesus lived a sinless life motivated by selfless love to save the world from an inevitable and terminable death that, that had no other, no other option to save it. There was no other way out of this other than what Jesus said was in him and what he came to provide. With every step of the unfolding of Jesus' life, the claims just keep getting bigger and bolder and more outrageous. And and I wanna challenge you, if you're here today and and you don't believe, that's okay, I'm glad that you're here. And if you claim to believe in the life of Jesus, I want you to listen carefully and evaluate whether or not you're living like you really do. The Bible claims that Jesus had supernatural power. That he did impossible things that simply are not possible in a random world uh, created by chance. And so the reality of the supernatural cannot exist in a naturalistic world. These things do not go together. In a naturalistic view of the world in which there is only the natural, only the the random, only that which comes from the matter that is in the universe as we see it, the supernatural is overruled, outruled. It cannot exist. And in the supernatural world that the Bible claims to reveal, uh, the the claim that there is no God, there is no supernatural, that that claim is disavowed and disallowed and and disregarded as, as not true. These two things cannot both be true. One is true, one is not. One is right, one is wrong. One is real, one is unreal. And the cross is the fork in the road for it all. Blind people receive their sight in the story of the Bible. Deaf people who'd never heard the sound of a, a, a bird singing or a, a mother's love, they heard human contact and voice for the first time paralyzed people in the scriptures danced for joy at the words of jesus jesus even used the most natural things in the world the most ordinary things in the world of eating and drinking and he infused them with the supernatural as he turned water to wine and and took the lunch of a little boy and and fed five to to fifteen thousand people the bible is Filled with the story of the supernatural unfolding in and among the natural. This is the claim of the Bible that is centered in the cross. The Bible claims that that all of these are either or stories. Either they're manifestly true or manifestly false. And at the center of every claim in scripture is the the movement of the old testament to the birth of christ and the movement of the birth of christ to the cross upon which he died and the resurrection which it claims that he experienced these are the the whole trajectories the arc of the story of god in christ the cross is at the center of the dividing point of human history The cross offends every human sensibility. It claims each one of us is defective and and dying and needs saving. That that both scares me and and offends me. When I first heard these claims of the Bible uh, about the cross, and I thought they were strange, and I thought they were outrageous, and and, and I thought they were offensive, and, and indeed they are, all of those things. The cross... Uh, claims that each of us in our humanity is not only capable of but actually guilty of trying to to kill off God and disregard everything the love of God would want to do in our lives And, and and the reality is that the that that you know it claims that I am quite happy doing life without a God that I'm quite happy being my own God and 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 that is either true or false not only did Jesus die to a world on the cross, he demanded that you and I do the same. Now, that is that is crazy. That is insane. That is out, an outrageous ask of God that that he who died to a world and gave up everything expects me to do the same. This world has so much to offer. Uh, it, has, it has so much that it claims as life, and there's so much in this world that I want. And Jesus says, no, you've got to give all of that up. You've got to come with me to the cross. Luke 9, 23 says this. Then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple and uh, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. So here's Jesus, and... And when I encounter him, he immediately leads me to the confrontation of the cross, to this claim of the supernatural on my life to this fork in the road moment where i have to decide whether it's going to be about me living my life or me living his life whether it's going to be me following me or me following him whether or not i'm going to try to find my happiness and my way in the world by getting as much of it as i can or whether i'm going to give up the whole world and and somehow find something worth more than it when i first heard all these claims of the of the and, um, you know, and, and when I first began to wrestle with the, the offense of the cross, and, and it's everywhere. There's no other symbol in any other religion like the cross. The name of Jesus and the cross of Christ are, are the most recognized and offensive and abused symbols on planet Earth. Nobody takes any other name in vain like they take the name of Jesus. And the cross, even in, 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 in mythology with, with a vampire and everything else, there's this offensive nature to the cross. It is more than a symbol. It is designed to be more than something crafted in silver and worn meaninglessly around the neck. It is something deep, and it is not only something that is an illustration of, of the life of Jesus, it is something that demands to draw us in, or we must reject it and and push it back. And then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple, you gotta deny yourself. You have to take up your cross daily and follow me. I'm calling you into my cross, Jesus said. I'm calling you into my, not only my way of living in the world, but my way of dying to the world. And, and this is going to be for you, not a one-time religious transaction, but it's gonna be an everyday heart event. From the, the moment you wake in the morning to the, to the moment you lay your head on the pillow and, 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 and you dream your way into the next day, your whole rhythm of life is gonna be based on self-denial and cross-carrying. My cross and its invitation to death is going to be the centerpiece of your experience of life. Again, when I first began to hear all this, um, the thought that jumped out to me then, and it still does now, occasionally, I'm going to be honest, you know, is that this is crazy. Um, you know, if you're if you're not a believer and you hear all this, there's no way it doesn't sound crazy to you. There's no way. And and if you're a believer, and and it no longer jars you. It no longer causes in education. They talk about a state of disequilibrium. It, it no longer, um, you know, shakes you and wakes you. If you've grown, uh, you know, asleep to the to the the power of these claims, then then I, you know, I wake up because this is crazy town. You want me to give up my life? You want me to to not live for my own best thinking? You want to? to take control of my life from me? From me, who knows me better than me? Who lives with me? Who's, who's felt my pain like I have? Who, who knows what I'm really like and, and what I really am afraid of? Who is with me but me? And you want me to give up all, all that for some God I can't see and some cross that, that, that was a part of human history 2,000 years ago? That is crazy. And then the second thought that occurs to me after that's crazy is somebody's lying here. Somebody's lying. C.S. Lewis famously put it this way in his own journey um, to kind of once and for all you know, reconcile this Jesus story, uh, that is to either you know, do away with it and, and no longer be bothered by it in life or, or to wrestle with this truth. He, he came to the famous conclusion that Jesus was either a liar, a lunatic, or he was the Lord. That either Jesus was the most crafty and effective religious liar in all of human history. Sure, there have been many, and there will be many more before the end of time. Or that he was not lying, but just insane, just plain crazy. Crazy. And he really believed what he said. He believed it enough to go to the cross even when when at any any moment up to the cross Jesus Jesus could have said, "No, nah, I was just kidding." You know, psych um, with Pilate, <laughs> you know, who, "Who do you claim to be?" You know, "Jesus, I I'm, I'm I'm not the son of God. I'm I'm nobody really." I guarantee you Pilate would have let him go. Maybe Jesus was crazy and he so believed that what he was saying was true that he was willing to to be tortured and murdered on a cross, maybe. But the third possibility that, that Lewis came to was that the only other inevitable conclusion is that he was who he said he was. And this is the heart of the matter. The cross is either the path to ultimate salvation, to our deepest sanity, and the most life-building peace we'll ever find on planet Earth, or, it is itself a pathetic lie. It is a religious, um, you know, uh, deceit from a madman that is an exercise in modern extremism. It cannot be both true that we find our lies by doing what we want and by giving up what we want, by denying ourselves. It cannot both be true. One of those things is true and one of those things is not true. It cannot be both true that we follow ourselves and that we follow Jesus. Every single day, I'm either going to follow me or or him, and, and it is a clear choice. In fact, if I am not choosing to follow him moment by moment consciously, then I am unconsciously choosing to follow me. But they're two different directions, and I cannot do them both at the same time. It cannot be both true that we live as students of Jesus, his disciples, and live lives that look nothing like his. A student will look like and live like and think like his teacher. It cannot be both true that we have ourselves as the center of life and Jesus. Every circle has only a single center. It cannot be true that, that Jesus told the truth and that I live the truth by not following him. The name of Jesus and the symbol of the cross are the two greatest clarifiers in all of human history. There is no other name like Jesus. It is a name that people speak all the time about um, you know, the deepest moments of life. Um, it is a name that in anger and rejection is spoken in, in the most um, rebellious moments of life, but it is the name that, it is the go-to name in either case. And, and, and it is the name that is behind us embracing or rejecting the most powerful claim in all of human history that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him, not learns religiously, not is familiar in church with, but whoever believes in a whole heart, whole life, everything else is insane kind of way. This is the only sanity and only hope I have for life. Whoever believes in that kind of way is not gonna live perishing is going to find everlasting life so guys we decide who's crazy by who we follow so let me ask you a question who's crazy you or jesus because if you choose not to follow jesus you're calling him crazy and then you're declaring that really there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing in you that needs saving. There's nothing in you that is deeply broken, that you're fine facing death on your own, that you're confident in the good and rightness of all your decisions. But one of us is crazy. And and when I begin to evaluate the claims of Christ in an honest and non-churchy way, I came to the offensive conclusion that I was crazy that I was internally inconsistent, that there are times when I knew the right thing and I chose the wrong thing. There are times when I knew that the words coming out of my my mouth were gonna hurt somebody and I chose to do them anyway. That there are times in in my life where I shaded the truth and lied because uh, it was easier and it served me better. Um, I, I, I came to the realization that that in my life it was often easy for me to put myself above other people and care way more about me than I cared about them because I'm the most important person on earth and everybody else is just a bit player in my drama. And I'm really frustrated that you won't play your part in serving me. And there came a certain point in my dialogue with Jesus and my wrestling with him like Jacob and the angel in the Old Testament where The more I looked at Jesus, the more I saw how sane everything he said was and how crazy everything I thought was. We decide who's crazy by who we follow. And in my own life, I've decided that I am broken and sinful and that there is a subtle and sometimes not so subtle insanity woven into the depths of my being, an emptiness and a frustration a woundedness and a longing that cannot be satisfied by anything that I've found on earth. And that in the words of Jesus, in the love of Jesus, in the consistency of the life of Jesus, I see something that makes more sense than anything else I've ever seen on planet earth. So who's crazy? You are Jesus. You See the cross? It's the only path on earth leading to the sanity of God. There is no other way. In 1 Corinthians 1 18, the scripture says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And this cross symbol, when I begin to believe in, in Jesus, it, it becomes the sanity of my life, and I and I evermore see the insanity of the world and my own way and longing for things in this world that I I cannot keep and that never satisfy when I manage to get. And and the cross is the great clarifier every single day. Am I dying to myself that I can live with Jesus? Because Jesus said, hey, if you want to come after me, you know, playing church isn't going to do it. If you want to come after me trying to to, to live the the crazy lie that you're good enough to, to be accepted by God, that isn't good enough if you want to come after me, you have to deny yourself. You have to own your sin. You have to repent of your sin, turn away from it. You have to realize this world without me is crazy, and you have to pick up your cross, and, and And I'm asking you to die with me. You see in the scriptures how I died. I was all in for God. I reserved nothing back from him. I held nothing back. I kept nothing for my own. I declared that all of life belonged to God, and that I would trust him to lead me through life even when i didn't understand it when nothing made sense when when pain overshadowed all reason i would trust god to my last breath and the last drop of my blood and i will not cheapen what god asks from me and what i'm asking for you if you want to find the sanity of god you have to pick up your cross no matter what the cost is whether you understand it or not, you then begin a faith journey that learns to distrust your insanity and to trust the love of God whether you understand it or not as Christ did 2,000 years ago. Romans 6, 4 through 7 says this. For if we have been, starting in verse 5, if we have been united with him in a death like his, We will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. Do you see how the two are linked? No cross, no salvation. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of uh, sin might be done away with. All of the insanity that we are gripped with that is in the very DNA of our being, that that should be crucified with him, that we should uh, be no longer slaves to sin, but that we would be set free from sin because we died to it. So I'm gonna ask you one last time, in looking at the the symbol of the cross, when you see the insanity of the cross and and all the supernatural claims of it and all that it represents in in contrast to to the way of this world, who's crazy? Jesus or us? And then the second question I wanna ask you today is simply this. Will you pick up your cross and find your way home?